Lord, we come to you in this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for how we are being led through the scriptures. Lord, understanding the whole of your scripture, understanding your story, understanding how your people fit into your story, how you call us and you lead us and you guide us and you desire for us to be obedient and the consequences of when we are not. Lord, bless us in this time. Help us to receive what you have to say to us and put it to practice, Lord. We give you thanks and praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the most difficult times in our nation was the Civil War. Now, the Civil War was friction between the North and South. It wasn't, though, just about slavery itself. It was about the economics of slavery, the desire for the southern states to exert their authority over the federal government regarding the laws that they didn't support. Even more, it was about the the South wanting to expand slavery into the West and the North not supporting that. Now, because of this great disagreement, our country was torn apart. Families were split, brothers were fighting against brothers. It was a terrible time for our nation. And because of this, hopefully it it helps us to have a little bit of perspective about what we talk about this morning as we're looking at chapter 14 in the story. And we're talking about God's kingdom being divided, torn apart. See, God had brought his plan to the prophet Ahijah, that Jeroboam would become the next king. Now, Jeroboam heard this, and he patiently waited for God's plan to come about. There was a problem, though, and that was Solomon did not want to give up the kingdom. God talked to Solomon about this. He said to Solomon, and we just read that scripture, but let's hear it again with these thoughts in mind. In the yellow part, read with me. 1 Kings 11, 9 to 11. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, Since this is your attitude, and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you, I was most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Now, God did tell Solomon that it would not happen in his lifetime. It actually happened in his son's lifetime. But regardless of this, Solomon was angry with Jeroboam, and he tried to kill him. So Jeroboam had to flee to Egypt to wait for a time when it would be right for him to become the king. While Jeroboam was in Egypt, Solomon dies, and Judah, one of the 12 tribes of Israel, quickly accepts Solomon's son, Rehoboam, to be their king. Jeroboam hears about this. He hears that Rehoboam's going to Shechem, so he decides, this is my time to come back from Egypt. I need to establish myself as king of the people as God had said. And so he comes back, and Rehoboam is meeting with the other tribes. Now, the other tribes were angry with Solomon because of his heavy taxation and the way he put them to work for all the great projects that he wanted built. And they were afraid that Rehoboam would be like his father Solomon. And so they were complaining to Rehoboam. So, 
Graham says, okay, I'll think about this. And he sends them away, and he starts to meet with his elders. Now, it seems like a wise move for a king, right? I'm going to meet with my elders. I'm going to get their advice. I'm not going to just do it on my own. I'm going to listen to what they have to say. But here's what they say. Again, read the yellow part with me. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people? Great question, right? They replied, If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. Okay, there's the advice, right? What should I do? These people have complained. They were afraid of what was going to happen. What do you think I should do? They say, you should serve them. Be a servant king. Serve them. And if you do, they will respond and they will be your servants. But Rehoboam was not a wise king. And he did not listen to his elders. In fact, he did not want to be a servant king. His response was that he would lay a heavier yoke onto his people that his father Solomon had done, and he would be a greater ruler over the people than Solomon. And because of this, the people rejected Rehoboam as their king. So he tries to send his overseer to force them to do labor, but they stoned this overseer to death, and the rebellion and the division started. Sarah Groves wrote a song called Generation, and these are the words. It says, the results of our choices are vast. Eve was the first, but she wasn't the last. And if I were honest with myself, had I been standing at that tree, my mouth and my hands would be covered with fruits, things I shouldn't know and things I shouldn't see. Remind me of this with every decision. Generations will reap what I sow. I can pass on a curse or a blessing to those I will never know. See, Israel makes Jeroboam their king. So he's king of the other 11 tribes, whereas Rehoboam is the king of Judah. Rehoboam, instead of leading as God would have him to lead, or Jeroboam, instead of leading as God would have him to lead, sets up two places of idol worship. He sets up one in Bethel and one in the city of Dan. You know, we need to be careful when we make decisions based on what we think others will think of us. We need to be careful when we make decisions based on the fear of how others will respond. I want those people to like me, so therefore I'm going to act the way they want me to act, right? Or I'm going to do this to try to make them like me because I'm afraid, I'm fearful if I make a different choice, that they will respond in a different way. And that's what happens here with King Jeroboam. He's afraid that they're not going to like him, and so he sets up idol worship because that was the prevailing culture then. They were worshiping idols. Remember how Solomon had, had gotten all these wives, and they had led him astray to worship these false gods and set up these idols. And Jeroboam was trying to please others. And when we try to please others then we will pass on a curse, not a blessing. We have to be careful that we live according to how God calls us to live and not in fear of how others will view us. Well, as the story continues, we see that Jeroboam only seeks the Lord for his own well-being. He does not seek the Lord to know how to rule. He does not seek the Lord to worship him. 
He does not seek to be the kind of king God called him to be. How sad that was. He does not understand what it means to be a king for the Lord, a king who serves the Lord. You see, we have even less reason to go astray in this way, right? We have the example of Jesus Christ himself who came to this earth. We're told in Philippians 2 that he did not consider equality with God and he humbled himself, taking on flesh, being a servant. He gave us the ultimate act of service. And then right before he was to be crucified, he met with his disciples in the upper room and remember how he washed their feet. And then he says this amazing thing in John 13, 14, after the end of that. Read, read it with me. He says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. In order, I, in order he's saying, in other words, he's saying, I am the King of kings, the Lord of lords, but I have shown you that I am a servant king. I have served you so that you will have the example of how I want you to act and to live. I want you to be a servant to others. If I, your Lord, has done it, then all the more you, my followers, should do it. You should serve others. In other words, we're called to serve. Whether you are a student, a teacher, a manager, your own boss with employees, whether you're an employee or a deacon or an elder, Whatever you are, wherever you find yourself, you are called, I am called, to serve others. Jeroboam didn't do this. Rehoboam didn't do this. They lived for themselves and not for the Lord. They missed the whole purpose of being called by God, being called by God to serve others. They missed opportunities to provide a blessing for others. They missed this point. I hope we don't miss this point. Find someone in need and serve them. Search out someone who is lost and love them. Track down someone who is struggling and help them. Uh, not too long ago, there was an ice storm in Birmingham, Alabama, along Highway 280. And because of this, cars were backed up for miles. And in the end, these cars were stranded for about 24 hours. Many parents were frantic because they could not reach their children. They didn't know where they were. Not too far from this was a Chick-fil-A. And the manager was like, well, we have no customers. No one's coming in. So he sent all the employees home. But as they went out to the parking lot, they realized that there's nowhere for them to go because the, the roads were packed with cars. And so they came back in, and he fired up the grill, and they started to make chicken sandwiches. And then they went along the road, and they started giving these chicken sandwiches to all the stranded motorists. And these motorists tried to pay for the food, and they said, we don't want to accept any food. We just want to bless you. We just want to serve you. Not only did they give them the sandwiches, but some of the cars were, were kind of, uh, you know, skidded out of the way, and so they're pushing cars off the road up up uh, hills, they were getting cars out of the way. And even more than that, they opened this store, and many of the motorists came into this store and slept in their booths and on the benches. But it didn't stop there. 
In the morning, they fired up the grill again, and they made him these breakfast biscuits. And again, the customers tried to pay for the food, and again, they said, no, we do not want any money. We are just here to love on you and to serve you. During the 24-hour period, this Chick-fil-A restaurant opened their kitchen, their doors, and their hearts to hundreds of stranded stranded motorists. One person said this about their actions. They lived up to the words that Jesus spoke in Matthew 25, 35, where Jesus said, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. See, Rehoboam failed to understand what a great opportunity he had for the Lord because Solomon gave him such a poor example at the end of his life. Jeroboam failed to understand what God had called him to do. And because of this power struggle, and because of their failure to follow God, the vision came about, and the kingdom was torn in two. Along with their failure to see how they could influence others for the Lord, they also gave in to the spiritual compromise of idolatry in seeking power. See, God thinks that this is a big deal. God alone is to be worshipped. God alone is the one who determines who has the authority and the power. When we seek it for ourselves and use it for ourselves, we will not bless others in any way. We should not let anything be the authority, the God in our life. Not possessions, not power, not money, not position. We should only seek to serve God. And a great way to do that is to serve others. What was gained between this power play between Jeroboam and Rehoboam? Nothing good was gained. Nothing for the people, nothing good for God, nothing good for the witness of God's people, nothing good for those who looked from the outside and saw their actions and saw how it caused the nation to be torn in two. And how this grieved God's heart as he experienced the defiance of his leaders who did not serve him or his people, but only served themselves and their sinful nature. See, the one who benefited from this most was Satan. I mean, doesn't Satan want to cause division amongst his people? Satan loves it when we are not unified in Christ. Satan wants us to be divided because it sets a poor example for those around us and it keeps us from truly serving the Lord and loving others. And that was what was happening in the kingdom. The kingdom was not able to be the people God wanted them to be. The kingdom was not able to touch the lives of those that God wanted them to touch. And that can happen. Even in the church, that can happen. So I asked us, what can cause division amongst us, amongst God's people? What can cause division amongst us? Well, it's usually when we take our eyes off of Jesus and we focus on ourselves. Even in small things. I mean, in the church, you have all kinds of things. I mean, we just change our carpet and our chairs and we paint it, right? All these little decisions that have to be made, right? There's a choice. We can say, I want this, 
or I trust my leaders who are there to serve me to make those decisions. When we allow this kind of attitude, I don't want my way, I want God's way. I don't want to, to, to make division. I don't want there to be division. I want there to be unity. And so I will let the Lord lead the leaders we choose. A second thing that can cause a division is theology, right? The understanding of, of who God is. I mean, theology with God's people helps us to understand what is true and is right, right? But then we have a world that does not know that theology. A world that thinks that there are many ways to God. A world that thinks there are many gods. A world that thinks there's many ways to heaven. And so people are divided because they do not know the word of God. See, Scripture is what keeps us unified. Understanding the truth of God, knowing that truth, is what keeps us unified when we know what God's Word says and we follow it. That's one of the reasons why we're going through the story, so we can have this great overview of all of God's Word, from Genesis to Revelation, understanding God's Word, understanding what it says, and then following it, and that keeps us unified. So unity comes when Christ is our Savior and Lord. Unity comes when we allow Christ to sit on the throne of our heart and lead us to the good and the right choices. Unity comes when we seek God for his will and his plan, and when we follow it. Well, as the chapter proceeds, we see that king after king come about, and there's a statement that is said of each of these kings. It says, they did what was evil in the sight of their Lord, and their hearts were not true to the Lord. Only Asa was said to do what was right in the sight of the Lord. You know, we have all kinds of substitutes in our world, don't we? We have substitutes for sugar, we have substitutes for butter, we have substitutes for eggs, we have substitutes for for uh, salt, we have all kinds of substitutes. And because of all these substitutes, these substitutes that are substitutes for the real thing, right? We live in this world that has all these substitutes, and that kind of transfers over to our thinking about God for many people. They think, well, you know, this substitute is just as good as God. And so many people, because we live in this kind of world, Accept that. It's normal. It's not a big deal. But you know what? It is a big deal. There should be no substitutes for God. Let me say that again. There should be no substitutes for God. We cannot have a substitute for God. Not possessions, not money, not power, not education, not position, not family, not even self. There can be no substitutes for God. God is the one who reigns over all, including our lives and including our church. This is a point we must be clear on. God is the one who reigns over our lives and over our church. I hope you, like me, one, it said of you, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. 
I hope you make that your goal for 2019. You did what is right in the sight of the Lord by serving others, by giving himself over to others, by loving others for God. That should be the goal of our lives. That should be the goal of our church. He did what is right in the sight of the Lord. And when we do that, we will have unity, not division. Let us pray.